All right, I just want to mention uh, six key truths here that uh, they're, they're not pulled necessarily directly from quotes in the book, but they're, uh, they're taken from the topics of chapter 3 that I think are important. What, what, I, what I try to do for, for this time is just take a few key truths from that chapter that I really want to make sure we get a hold of and expound on those, and then we'll break up and discuss the discussion questions. But when it comes to sin in general... Uh, but especially since we're on the topic of of sexual sin, but really this is true of all sin. I want us to understand, first of all, that sin begins inside of you. Sin begins inside of you. And this is so uh, counter-cultural from the way the world wants us to think. The world wants us to think that our actions are are because others, uh, what others have done to us, our circumstances, or how we've grown up. And so if, if something's wrong in us, quote-unquote, the world wouldn't call it sin. But if something is something you don't like, a bad behavior, it's because of some outside influence on you. The Scripture reverses that, and we see that especially in James chapter 1. And this is one of the key passages, of course, that he breaks down in chapter 3. But in James chapter 1, it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. It's, there's a whole lot here. We could do several lessons on this. But I want us to understand that, that key phrase, his own desire. What he's talking about there, the word desire is the, is the, the word for lust, a strong desire. <clears throat> um, and, and he says it's your own desire. Your flesh uh, has sort of a certain package of temptations that are more tempting to you than others. That's when we all, we, there's, there's no sin except what is common to man. So on the, on the one hand, it's not unique in the truest sense, but it is unique to you. And that, that's why you may never be tempted to rob a bank. But you might be tempted to do this. You may never be tempted to do that, but you would be tempted to do this. And your flesh is very, very crafty. The words in this passage here of lured and enticed are hunting and fishing terms. Of Think of a, if you like to fish. Who's a fisherman in here? Okay, good. If you like to fish, then those who are really good at it um, understand exactly what kind of bait needs to be used on that day with that watercolor with the kind of fish that they are trying to catch. And they know how to make that bait look very, very lively and attractive to the fish they're trying to catch. Um, your flesh knows that about you and your sin. And so that, that's where we can easily be self-deceived. And we have to be on guard to understand that when I sin... It is not primarily, I'm not saying there aren't outside influences. Of course they are. There are. We know that we have a real enemy. We know the world system is tempting to us. But the reason that has any effect on you and me is because of these internal desires that we have, these internal lusts, and our flesh is tempting us to give in to those lusts. So we're going to harp on this over and over again, um, but to win the battle with sin, and especially with sexual sin, you have to win the battle within. That's where it starts. If all of your efforts are out here at how do I stop doing these external activities, you will only have partial short-term success. 
and find yourself again doing those things, frustrated, even giving up and saying, you know what, I tried. I did that, it didn't work. And it's because the real battle lies here. Secondly, sins of the heart are sin indeed. Sins of the heart are sin indeed. Uh, This is from Matthew chapter 5. The other passage that he really harps on in this chapter, verse, verse 27, you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. And that's an, obviously an, an outward activity. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Obviously, he's saying the sins of your heart are true sins and they matter to God. What's interesting here is in verse 29, he goes into a familiar passage. If your right hand causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. For it's better for you to lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. That's a very familiar passage. Hopefully you know that passage. But what we may not have connected here is this comes on the heels of instruction, not about external sin, but internal sin. And so many times we go to this passage, cut off the hand, gouge out the eye, when we're talking about stopping external activities. Someone's looking at pornography. All right, well, let's, what do we need to do? And, and I'm not saying we shouldn't do this. <clears throat> I'm saying we should do more than this. So often the first thing we talk about is what devices do you have? What protections do you have on those devices? Those are good conversations. But understand, if we'd stop there thinking, okay, I've cut off the hand at that level, we've not really obeyed Matthew 5. Because Matthew 5 is saying, if your eye causes you to sin in your heart, that's not even getting to the point of the external, then you've got to cut off the hand, gouge out the eye. So we have to set um, practices and disciplines in place that help us fight sin at the heart level. And we can't be content in our battle with sin until, by God's grace, we are winning the battle of the heart. That's what will produce long-term, real purity in, in our lives. And again, take these principles and apply them to selfishness and pride and bitterness and anger. They, they work for all those things. But specifically here, we're talking about the heart, uh, the heart in sexual sin. Number three, sins of the heart will not stay in the heart. <clears throat> this is back to our other passage in James Chapter 1, I'll read again. He says, beginning in verse 13, Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. We have to be careful in not allowing our thinking to go down the road of if as long as I keep it inside, my lustful thoughts in my heart and in my mind, that that's, that is, I can control that. That that's never going, I, I would never do that. I would never commit adultery. Heaven forbid. I would, you know, I would never actually look at pornography. I'm just, I'm just toying with it in my mind. What this says here is that sin always has a progression. And you know this if you've lived any length of time, that what is satisfying today 
If you let that fester in your heart, will not be satisfying next week, and that won't be satisfying next week. And that's how you find yourself way down here going, how, how, how did I get from there to here? And it's because when, when you fall into that trap of thinking it's safe as long as I just do it right here, uh, you will find yourself outwardly committing sins that are further down the spectrum within that sin. Uh, so ask yourself, are you entertaining the bait right now that your flesh is given? Do you enjoy entertaining the bait? Picture a fish under a log, and you're casting your lure just alongside that log, and you're, you're dancing that lure along, and that fish is under that log, and he's looking up, and he's watching that. And he's just it, it starts in his head. He's just thinking, I want that. I want that. I want that. Is that what you're doing when it comes to sexual sin? Saying, I'm, I'm staying under the log. I'm just, just entertaining the bait. Like, what, you know, what would it be like? Or what danger? That's going to conceive, become sin, and you're going to take that lure, and you're going to be on the hook, and it's going to end in death. So don't play with the bait. The battle with sin of put off and put on comes as soon as the first sight of the bait. It's put off, put on. Right then. You can't watch the lure and be content with the fact that you stayed under the log. Does that make sense? We've got to be really, really careful with the deceitfulness of our own hearts. <coughs> so ask yourself, <clears throat> what kind of bait is most effective in your battle with temptation? What I mean is, it, you need to know yourself. What are the ways that your flesh most often tries to deceive you into sin? Analyze that. Analyze the, the, and the way you can do that is say, well, when's the last time that I, that I failed in some way? And walk that progression back to really the genesis. Where did it begin? What was happening in my heart? What did I see? What were the circumstances? And, and a lot of times with sexual sin, the temptation to sexual sin does not begin initially with sexual things. Oftentimes, the temptation that leads to, to the end of sexual sin begins with disappointment, discontentment, or on the other end of the spectrum, great joys and successes. Typically, the highs and lows of those kinds of events in our life open us up to whatever, the, whatever sins are most tempting to us of indulgence. Those often become the gateways into those sins. So start to ask yourself, what is it? What is the bait that my heart most often uses to tempt me? And now I've got to have a battle plan for when I get, I get that bonus at work, Danger, danger, danger. Like I've got this, my heart, I cannot let my heart go down the prideful road of, of patting myself on the back and thinking I've earned something or I know I'm going to be in a ditch when it comes to sin. On the other hand, lose my job. Danger, danger, danger. I can't go into the self-pity mode of thinking woe is me and I'd owe, I'm owed something because my life is so hard, right? Both of those ends of the spectrum can be the bait that our flesh uses. So start analyzing that, and then once you've done that, uh, you're basically, this is number five, cultivate an awareness of the process of internal temptation. Cultivate an awareness of the process of internal temptation. Analyze your heart. What goes on from the time of, I got the promotion, what does that stir up in me? Or I lost my job. What, what emotions, what thoughts come in that moment and then work through that progression and say, I've got to become uh, 
a professional at analyzing my heart and killing sin where it starts so that I don't get in this, this river, this stream of temptation that leads to ultimate sin. And then number six, create a battle plan to kill those most effective temptations. Create a battle plan. It's not enough just to know that certain things tempt you into sin. Then you've got to have a battle plan for how you're going to put off and put on the next time, as soon as that bait hits the water in your mind. Boom, right there. It's got to become instinctive. Um, and, and, and the thing is, I just want to encourage you, this is absolutely possible. I'm not saying that, that perfection in any area of life is possible. But being faithful in the area of sexuality is absolutely possible. You can have a, a clear mind. You can have pure eyes. You don't have to look every time a woman walks by. You do not have to do that. Don't buy into that lie that the world and the flesh and the devil tell you that, you know, this is just how men are, and, you know, this boys will be boys, and who's it hurting? Don't, no, that's not true. By God's grace, you can win the battle even at the heart and mind level. And I would go as far as to say, based on Matthew 5, not only can you, you must. This is the standard of purity for each of us, and God not only calls us to it, but He gives us His grace and His strength to do it. So let's do it. Let's do it together. And we're going to start along that line by breaking up now into our groups and just really talking through these questions. And I encourage you to be open and honest. I encourage you to ask for help um, if you're struggling these things. And let's come around each other and let's help and walk in purity. Okay? Let me, uh, let me close in, in prayer and then we'll divide up into our groups. Lord God, we're thankful for the clarity of Your Word. It's, it's convicting to us. And so often we, we just get lazy with our sin. We get lazy with our minds. We get lazy with our hearts and our, our emotions and just allowing them to plow us over instead of speaking truth to ourselves and, and really fighting the fight. Help us, God, to be diligent uh, to fight the fight and help us to be men by Your grace who are characterized by true purity even at the heart and mind level. We thank you for your help in these things. Bless our conversations now. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.